go and top that. Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Well, stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. that hey guys welcome back to another episode of top that the podcast where we discuss our top five list on just a multitude of categories they're new every week um i'm nate i'm here always with sabrina hello and derek um we're on a little bit of a vacation day we are so we drove well, first, I flew down from Seattle to Portland, met up with you two, and then we drove up to Met Howe, Washington. It was about a six-hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. More than that. No, it was about six hours. We left at what, 241? We were but still we downtown re- at 315. We, we like left on the freeway, yeah, at like 315, 330. Yeah. Let's just do broken math. What is it to Seattle from here? Four hours? Four hours. What is it from Seattle to Portland? Another four? Three and a half? No, two and a half, three. Yeah. Depending on what part of Seattle. Yeah. South Seattle, where we got on the 18, a little over two, maybe. Like, hauling ass, it's about two hours. We don't haul ass, though. A little bit. Anyways, it's about a six-hour drive, roughly. We drive very fast. We're at at mine and Derek's grandpa's house. It's now Nate's grandpa, too. It's now Nate's grandpa, too. So we're at our grandpa's house. Um, he is currently cooking us breakfast. So, yeah, you, you might hear some noises. Yeah, so we're having some, you know, some ambient grandpa noises but in this know, podcast. That just makes it so that it feels like you're here too. Exactly. I want you to get that home feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, sharpening the knife, looking at me. <laughs> it's very ominous. And if you guys, if no one's been up to this part of Washington, uh, it's right near the Lake Chelan area. It's a, it's God's country up here. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite places to be. Uh, it gets very hot during the summer. The smell is one of my favorite smells, and I know that's weird talking about smells on a podcast, but it's just lots of beautiful nature, fresh, the water's all around. Fresh is a good word. Yeah. And it's sunny here today too. It's yeah, very it's nice. very sunny. Um, we didn't wake up super early, but there was a rooster that kind of woke us all up today. Yeah, just a little fun fact. Do you guys know why roosters crow? Which we were guessing it earlier, and I Sabrina guessed right. Was, yeah, Sabrina guessed one hundred percent correct. Why do roosters crow? Roosters crow. It's a it's a territorial thing. They basically wake up in the morning. They wake up with their internal clock. And go, hey man, it's my yard. Get out. This is all. This is all mine. Yeah, better not come over here. You'll get a claw to the neck. And the one thing I like about this rooster is that he crowed at like what eight thirty. He did. Yeah, <laughs> my alarm went off and literally heard him. Yeah. So it's not like the five thirty a.m. rooster. <laughs> chill rooster. This chill. He he hits the snooze button a couple times. Yeah. He's yeah totally relaxed. He's a good rooster. So we got a good start to the day. He's okay. 
Well, he didn't wake Derek up. <laughs> Derek, was, he knows he knows the fire he's gonna get. <laughs> Derek's out back talking shit to a rooster. Yeah, well, this is my territory. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know, but Derek's been working out a lot lately. <laughs> So he's gonna go start some shit. Just out there, everybody. Uh, oh! <laughs> back, doing flailing arms back. Me and somebody up there. talking about that. Ah! Ah! If you were a rooster, that's what you would do. That's your crow. That'd be your crow. Ah! You guys aren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're basically in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But, but a good nowhere. Yeah, a good nowhere. Beautiful nowhere. Um, the river's so, right down, right down the right down the hill Path. yeah <laughs> um so you can't find us out here but if you wanted to find us on instagram <laughs> you could find us oh good segue find us on top of that dude on instagram that's t-o-p-t-h-a-t-d-u-d-e and hit us up in the email if you if you feel like emailing if same you've spelling. been here before hit us up yeah same spelling top that dude at gmail.com uh you know all the fun stuff additional content pictures whatnot memes memes <laughs> yeah lots of memes uh yeah so let's talk about why we're here today why we're here today so today our top five list is those secondary mo- characters in movies those backup supporting roles that you think they they deserve their own tale yeah they deserve their own movie their own star show film <laughs> basically if you're ever like oh my god Dwight from the office needs his own spinoff that's you know that's our list today like shroot farms yeah number four right oh, table that's all you had to say was table dude top light yeah, who wants to go first yes I will I will go first Derek's gonna go first Number five. Number five. Um, we talked about this, and uh, the Russo brothers said that the ban is over, so I'm going to dive in. Angry Vigilante Hawkeye. I didn't put this on mine, because I knew that some you would. You've seen this. You've, you've seen Endgame. Endgame, Endgame yeah. Avengers. Okay. Endgame. All right, we're going to talk about Avengers. Um... So by the time this is released, if you haven't seen Avengers, you're living under a freaking yeah, rock. And yeah, if you weren't trapped under a fucking rock. And the Russos have said that the ban is over, so we're allowed to talk about it. What ban? Spoilers ban. Yeah. Um, and yeah, right now, spoilers. If you're intending to watch the movie, stop listening right now for a little bit. Skip Derek's. Yeah. Um, the movie starts, Endgame starts fantastically with that cold opening with Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye and his family getting snapped. And he doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't know there's a snap. It's His family just, you know, wisps away. And it was a great, great, great starting of the movie. But he doesn't see him wisp away. He just, like, turns away for a second, and then they're all gone. Well, he turns he, to talk to his, there's some ash. He turns to talk to his wife, and then his daughter gets snapped, and he goes to look for her, and she's gone. And then he turns back around, and the rest of them are gone. Yeah. Which kind of a bummer that... I mean, this was a 50-50 snap, and you get four of your family members right. snapped. What kind of 50 is that? Yeah. 50-50 with crystal ball. Yeah. 
Shout out, if you haven't seen Barry on HBO, you need to start watching it. Yeah, that's a good show. We're adding Barry to the reference yeah. drinking game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so someone who was retired for Infinity War. Because he wanted to spend time with his family. His family gets taken. And he turns, obviously, into just an angry man. Uh, his, his, his character turns into something completely different. I am someone who hasn't read the Hawkeye comics. I don't know a lot about Hawkeye. But he was kind of like, yeah, I'm a guy kind of pretty much badass just like everyone else. Don't have the same kind of powers, but I don't miss with my bow and arrow. Kind of, you know, just part of the Avengers, kind of a cool dude. And then he turned into something completely different for Endgame. It's like, oh, I'm hunting. What, what, what's the first thing they say? Where's, uh, where's Clint? He's in Mexico. Killed a bunch of cartel members. Looks like they didn't even raise their gun. I don't know if I want to find him. I think it's supposed to be like he's, uh, he's out taking down these really powerful, evil institutions. Like like, like the cartels. Like the, I'm, I'm assuming the second one is the supposed triads. to be the Yakuza yeah, or something like Yakuza. that. Yeah. Um, and basically, he Clint was a guy who used to have a moral compass a little bit when he was doing it. Like, he'd take people out, but he's not just going to kill them just because. Yeah. And when his family gets taken, he goes after these cars, and it's all, no one's coming out alive. Yeah. Everybody's it, it, going down. It, it's ju- it turns from a Marvel movie to a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Judge, jury, and execution. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that more than what his original character was in the Avengers. Because to me, and I think SNL did a bit on this, that everybody basically has powers and he rolls in and he's just got a bow and arrow. (laughs) Like, he's just a normal human. Well, uh, Black Widow doesn't have any powers. Right. And she's in the same boat. Yeah. Like, you can do a lot of high kicks and, you know, flipping around. What what would you want to see? What do you want this to be? I want that whole because there is what it's it's five years that gone years. by. Yeah. So we have five years of him probably being an alcoholic, looking single. For, yeah, single, ready to mingle. Uh, I, there's something there with Scarlet, you know, uh, Black Widow. I, yeah. there, there, there's a, there's some tension there. I want I want the love interest. I want him deciding. I want him going to Mexico. That's what I want. Yeah. Because they talk about, uh, found a room full of uh, dead cartel members. Looks like they didn't even get to raise their gun. So he came in there with some hot shit, with some fire, with a sword and a bow and arrow. I want that scene. I want, and the start of the cues. I want, I want, you know. Do you want a, a triple, three banger, or just one? If they can make it good, absolutely want three banger. I could, I could, I'd watch a three banger. Yeah. And I, yeah, I want, uh, who says? Who says? I don't even want to find Clint. Is it Black Widow? I think it's um, what's his name? Don Cheadle. I think. Oh, Falcon. Yeah, because it's no, no, one... no, no, no. Fal- uh, Don Cheadle's War Machine. That oh, one. Falcon yeah, is yeah. Sam, Sam. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Mackie. I think yeah. it's when he's talking to Black Widow in the like when they have that meeting when right. they all come up and then he stays and they're talking. And he's like, I almost don't want to find him. I don't think it's Black Widow because she's determined yeah. to like find him and get him back. I want that to be a lie. Then I want I want uh, um, I want Don Cheadle to have found him and not like what he found. 
and doesn't want to pretend like yeah, he doesn't yeah, know where yeah, he that's is. Good. Yeah. That's good. And they could battle a little bit. Yeah. Ooh. Not like, like he goes down and everything's fine. And Attention. Then he's, right. Yeah. And then he's just like, Donna, you know, you want some of this? Yeah. Offered him heroin or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Some of this. I like that direction. I was going to say that when you were talking about the drunk part. I was like, ooh, that'd be a fun couple yeah. scenes of like... People break in while he's drunk, but he yeah. still messes yeah, him yeah. up. He's got, but like if he goes down the bad path of yeah. like drugs and stuff, I, I want it to be something like he's just there to kill one person, and then he has a flashback because his family turned into ash or something like that, and he freaks out, kills everybody, and everyone's got to go. Then he gets his haircut. I, I hope this is in the second, whatever, like the Avengers ten years. Now we're in the. Next one. Now all the, the spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And I want Jeremy Renner. I, you know, he's been playing a lot of second fiddle. You know, doesn't get to really do a lot in the Mission Impossibles. Uh, I loved his little, I, as him and, uh, as Coughlin in uh, The Town. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> yeah. What'd you do to my brother? That's almost so who he turns into. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's probably my, that's probably my favorite role that he's ever played. I love that. I think he does that kind of like that aggressive Boston. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Just like grimy attitude. I like that better than like the hero kind of it doesn't sell for me. Yeah. Right. You know? Got a little dirt bag in him. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. If you were if you were to put Hawkeye into a cause he, you're right, he doesn't have a ton of powers. But he's shifty. He's athletic. So if you were to put him he in has a movie. No powers. If you were to put him in a movie, like a comedy, that would be tag. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I like Jeremy Renner in general. I think he's a good actor. I like, again, in tag, he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good role. I'd see Hawkeye. I'd see a Hawkeye stand alone. Yeah. Absolutely. I want that. I didn't know I needed it. I want it now. Yeah. I like the direction they put it because he's oh he's definitely been a second or third fiddle the whole series. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Like, we don't really get... Because we get loads of backstory with Iron Man. Loads of backstory with Thor. We get three movies both. And we we haven't got enough of Scarlet. We haven't got enough of Jeremy Renner. Scarlet's good. We don't, we don't have an... I think we... I don't think anyone is like, oh, we need more Hulk. But I would... At this point, they could... Make a Marvel movie out of fucking anything, and I'd watch it. They've done so good with that series. Yeah, it's very good. DC take notes. <laughs> fucking notes. I want to see a Black Mask movie from DC and have it be good. Well, it's this, it's this dude. It's one of the villains in the DC universe. He's one of the Batman villains who's very like not used. He wears a mask. He wears a suit. Wields guns. Wears a suit. Ma- wears a mask made out of his mother's coffin. Jesus. Yeah. Well, represent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can keep it in the family. Anyway, that's my number five. So if you uh, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. He's so badass in it. And if you haven't, you're trapped under a fucking rock. Nice. Uh, just interjecting. Hear that sizzle, guys? Yeah. Breakfast is coming along nicely. Grab's cooking. <laughs> We're doing an AMS ASMR podcast next <laughs> week. There'll be more crackling. Maybe we should do an ASMR. <laughs> it's all the rage right now. I don't know about you guys. I'll say I love that stuff. It relaxes me. So I listen to it at work. Do you? Oh yeah, like the haircut ones. What? It relaxes me so much. I've like never listened to any of it. When I'm in a bad mood, it 
it's very tension relieving. Oh, nice. Classical music does that for me. Like yeah. listening to classical music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll go next. Okay. Yeah, do it. Um, my number five, I would love to see a full feature film on Ernie McCracken's story. Oh, why didn't I think? Bitch. <laughs> I would like to see Ernie McCracken as a kid, how he got into bowling, why he became such an asshole, and his perspective on the whole Roy Munson thing. Let's let's for all those people that aren't movie buffs and if don't you, know who uh, Ernie yeah, McCracken is. Let me rephrase: if you're trapped under a fucking rock, <laughs> Ernie McCracken is Bill Murray's character in Kingpin. And Kingpin is a movie starring Woody Harrelson about bowling. And the Coen Brothers did it right. Fairly Brothers. Fairly, yeah, Fairly Brothers. Same who, guys who did Dumb and who Dumber. Who did, did Dumb and Dumber? Something about Mary. I was they, about to be like, how did I not know the Coen Brothers did? Kingpin? Right, right. Me, myself, and my dad. Um, they whiffed on one or two of them. Fairly Brothers, the two, the couple that don't that I don't think were very good. Did they do Stuck on Me? They did. And then uh, Stuck the, on You, the, the Heartbreak Kid, Stuck on You. Yeah, those were the two. Yeah. Nice, good call. Heartbreak Kid had some funny ones. They did Shallow Hal. Grant, what would you say? Which, which Heartbreak Kid? So you know who the Fairly Brothers are Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin. Yeah. Something about Mary. They did they did a couple movies that They were... did the Green Book. Oh, Peter Fairley yeah, did. Yeah, Peter Fairley did yeah, that. Wow. Yeah, and he won the uh yeah. Golden Globe or the Oscar for it? Uh for I, think won, I think he won an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, 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 pretty yeah. sure. Which is nutty. It's awesome. They make good movies. They also did Fever Pitch. Now now they can always it'll be the three six mafia thing. He can always start off Dumb and Dumber or something like that, like and directed by Oscar winning Peter Fairley. Right. No shit. Won <laughs> uh, three six mafia once won the Oscar for best original song for Hard Out Here for a Pimp for Hustle and Flow. The first the next like ten years Academy Award winner. <laughs> yeah. Start at every song. Yeah. Ernie McCracken, if there's a fire, he has a fucking can of gasoline ready to just dump yeah. all it. over it. He loves it. He gets off on it. The guy packs sugar in his car to put it in people's gas tanks. 50-50 pistol ball? <laughs> Get it? Like, that, that's that kind of asshole. Like, he's a prick. So, what do you want this to be? What's his spinoff? I want his come up. Rerolling? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we, never, we, ne- we never said official, like, okay, we're back on. When, do, when does it start? I want to start, like, I could see... Before he meets Roy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Origin story. Yeah, origins, yes. G- give me, g- he starts out good. W- right. W- what what, what sours him? Exactly. We do a little flashback of him, you know how they did it with Roy, him as a kid, his dad yeah, yeah, was yeah. his mentor. Give, give me give me Josh Brolin as a villain. You like Josh Brolin as a villain. Be, Thanos. Villain. Yeah. Um, yeah, you see... Kind of like a side by side, you know, parallels of him and Roy, same kind of a thing. You know you how know, he got to be, you know, who he is. Quick side note: You know what I was thinking is Josh Brolin has played a villain in another Marvel movie, Deadpool, right? Yep. It's Cable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Remember that uh, uh, Killmonger wasn't Michael B. Jordan's first Marvel Marvel role. He was also in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Chris Evans. Do we count Fantastic Four though? Yeah, and Chris Evans wasn't Captain America first. He was also Johnny Blaze in Fantastic Four. 
which is weird to think about. That we were on my number five. Oh, are right. we doing your thing here, Wade? <laughs> yeah. Or if I can squash it. But yeah. This. We'll cut all that. Ernie McC- <laughs> Hey, Nate, can you cut all that shit that Derek yeah. just said? You just ruined my number five. Right, who's your villain then, hot shit? Who's the mentor to... to... Saboteur. Oh, give me if I can shoot McGavin in there. The guy who played Shooter McGavin in his prime as... It's Christopher Nick something. Yeah, uh, as a bowling expert. What if that's his mentor, but it's later in life, and that's what turns him into just an asshole? Ooh, there you go. There's the connection. So he used to be a bowler, and then he retired from bowling and started into golf and got really good at golf and never fucking get there. Right. There's a little time difference there. Right. But, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I just, I love Bill Murray. In that role is one of my favorite characters out top, of everything. It's a top five role for anything. It's so good. Highly recommend. If you haven't seen Kingpin, watch it. How about one more it's time? Very good. Odor Eaters, yeah. World Championship. Look at the form. Look at the arm layout like that. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's my number five. I want to see a fucking Ernie Cracker movie. I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that. That'd be something I'd get premiere tickets for. My number five, staying in the category of comedy. I want to see a full movie with Les Grossman. Ah! That's one of mine. That's is something, it? Yep. Uh, that's some, I almost it's my number four, list. so perfect. We'll table. let's talk about it. No, no, no. Oh. We can talk about it. I'll just skip mine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> he was such an out there character for Tom Cruise. I didn't even know it was Tom Cruise until someone told me. Plenty of people like, after didn't know I that it. Yeah. It was so well hidden. It took me a minute to figure it out. And his... Like, the conversation he has on the phone with the, uh, this is, uh, Green Dragon. Yeah. It's so good. I want just a full movie of that type of scenarios. Right. So, so I don't know if you guys have known this, but a mo- I think a movie, standalone, less gross, but it has been greenlit a couple times. It's just never been able to take off. Really? really? We're not the only people that have wanted this. I didn't know it. It was... I had no problem with it. No, I'm just, I'm waiting until Uh, you're done. I'm almost done with that. I've been sick for about two weeks. (laughs) I lost my thread. Les Grossman. Yeah. I would love to see him dealing in the business world, dealing with all his, was he an agent? I think so. He's a producer, agent, something like that. Kind of a mogul type dude. Right, because he's not the director. Oh, he, he, yeah, he, he's like the head of a production company. It's like head of Universal or something like that. Where's the director? You, you, you punch him. <laughs> I just thought, I think it'd be hilarious. It was such an unexpected role for oh, me, yeah. especially like. Oh yeah, it's juxtaposition because he's, he's Tom Cruise. He's Magnolia. He's this just fucking suave, like sexy ass dude. Let's put him in a fucking gross dog shit role. Listen the, here, Green Dragon. Yeah. The freaking- Fuck face. The, 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 the costume that he is in is so perfect. Like even to his forearms, like the way his sleeves are rolled up, like he's just like more like a beefier guy. It just adds to that character so well. And he played it so good. Diet Coke! (laughs) So good. 
I would love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know I, what it, I don't know the any type of plot. I think I it would. I think it would be. Uh, I think it's too late though. I'd still watch it. Oh, uh, of course, I would you? still. Watch. I just. I think the Tropic Thunder is now 2008, right? Because it was the same year as the Dark Knight. Um, eleven years ago. They were, you know, it's a, a standalone character from a movie eleven years ago. That Kingpin is way older than that. We're living in fantasy land here. Uh, we're up. <laughs> Excuse me. You're right. We want it to happen, not necessarily that it's going to happen. Yeah. If it Very true. could happen. Um. Yeah. Uh. He's doing the same shit for a couple different movies or something like that. Like uh, he starts on a soap opera. Ooh. I just think any the care. I just want to see the character. I don't care what it's right. Um, what about like a kind of like a get shorty or be cool like his like John Travolta's character? If that was Les Grossman, just kind of like wheeling and dealing around town, you know, driving around in his fucking you know, what kind of car would he drive? Some fucking real asshole car. This, is, this yeah. is how I would write it if I was, and this is just off the cuff. He wants to be an actor. He wants to be a serious actor. Keeps getting turned down for roles, he's, and this is all he has now. Like this is he's so angry that he's not a Matthew McConaughey or something like that. So he segues into just being an angry bastard, angry piece of shit, and he ends up being really good at it. But it's not where his heart is. Right. And he runs all those actors that he couldn't beat. Yeah, power control. He's, he's got a little bit of like you're saying. Like, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Right. So he treats all those actors that he runs like piece of shit. Who plays his um, assistant in the Tropic Thunder? Is it Bill Hader? Yeah. No. No, no, no. Bill Hader is on set. Is he? Is Bill Hader in that movie? I'm pretty sure. Could be wrong. Who's the assistant? I enjoy that character as well. Like, I feel like that would be a part of it. You know, like... His assistant is definitely, you know, yeah. a major player in this fantasy movie. Mike Hoagland? Let me see. I don't have a picture. Oh. <sighs> but yeah, unless it would be funny. I do, I do too. I love that character so much. And obviously, we are not alone in this. That the movie got greenlit. Bill Hader, studio exec, Vietnam crew. Oh, nice. Nailed it. Yeah. I knew it was on set. Pretty sure he's the one that gets punched or punches someone. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, no it's not. Never mind. It's the director. Yep. And that's, uh, what's his face? The British guy. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the brother, not the stepbrother, but the brother in law from our idiot brother. Yeah. I played such a cheese dick role in that movie. I hate him. Number four, you're up, Kip. Number four, because uh, we're skipping Sabrina's because that, that was a shared number four. Well, we haven't got to Sabrina Yeah, it yet. wasn't my turn anyways. It was my number turn. five, so now yeah. you're number four. And then oh, we're skipping first. Sabrina. Uh-huh. Derek pays attention when we do these. I do. I do. Sorry. My number four is Kevin Malone from The Office. Oh. 
Which are we doing post when he's got the bar? Does he have a bar at the end of the office? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You might not have watched the end of it. So, at the end of the spoilers, if you've been living under a rock and haven't watched <laughs> the end of the office, uh, at the end of the office, Dwight becomes manager and fires Kevin because he just he's on productivity and he's like, I like you, Kevin, but you're not good at your job. Kevin ends up owning a bar. And that's what, like, in the last episode, they go and make amends, him and Dwight, because they go to his bar for Dwight's bachelor party. But he does, he owns a bar at the end of it. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it that way. Let's He, he he's running the bar. It's him trying to, because Kevin, I think, is the guy that I've rooted for the most. I, just like anyone else, got very wrapped up in the Jim Pam uh Love, will they or won't they? I wanted that to work. And after that was done, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, Michael's next. We'll do that. Didn't give a shit about Dwight and uh, uh, Angela. Angela. Gave a little bit about Aaron and uh, um, Andy, but we don't really get a lot of love for Kevin. And he was a very, uh, there's a sad part when he gets the parking spaces back and he's like, it's been a little hard. It's just finally nice to win one. Like he's in the conventional. Like he's, he definitely has a gambling problem. And some like uh, theorists have put it together. Like the reason why I got divorced is because they gambled too much. Because they're they're if you put, if you match up everything that Kevin says through like off scenes, someone says something like, uh, "What would you? Uh, how would you bet this?" Like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to bet uh, anymore," or something like that. Or and then the next thing he says, is, "Oh, I have a ton of free time now," or something like he like he gets caught gambling again. Like he has a gambling problem. Yeah. So. Give give me uh, a comedy with him. He's a bookie or something like that now. Definitely still back in the gambling world. Owns a bar. Is about to get his bar taken away. Has to make one big bet here. It smells really good. <laughs> Grandpa's frying up. For some reason, when you explain the office and break it down to like kind of real life situations it just sounds more sad than it is funny to me <laughs> like the whole creepy gym thing and kevin's got a gambling problem oh yeah could you, could you imagine if michael wasn't funny and it was just like oh this guy that really wants friends this is sad as shit no it just it sounds more sad but that would be i mean if you really do break that whole scenario down it is you know right they don't like their boss. They have to go into this freaking office every day that has no windows. It's the opposite of the Big Bang. Where the Big Bang's not funny. Let's put a laugh track in it anyway. It's almost they're putting a, a, a dramatic sad track into the office because the office is so fucking funny. Yeah, but it's such a, it's a such a funny show. But when you right. you don't think of it as sad or depressing when you're watching it. No, not at all. Kevin Malone owns a bar. Yeah, when when he the, the just the shit that hey, everyone's obvious when that show first aired was oh we need to stand alone with Creed. I love Creed. Creed's uh, I I don't want that just because it, it I think that would wear out everything they did with Creed was perfect. Yeah, the little sprinkles. Yeah, just the sprinkles of his just balls to the wall, out of nowhere randomness. Yeah, I'm paying too much for worms. Who's your worm guy, man? <laughs> That's nah, not a tapeworm. Just little things like, yeah, I'm product control. 
I take one year off and it's the year they decide to fucking, you know, whatever. Just like, he, he says tons of shit. You're just like, wait, did he say one week off or one year off? Like, oh, and he's, you, that, 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 when they're playing the murder mystery game. Yeah. And he comes up, hey boss, sorry, I missed the first half of the day. Yeah. We're, we're looking for a dead body and you're a prime suspect. Okay, let me recalibrate. I'll be right back. And it's, just, it's a hard cut of him running back to the car and getting the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorite creeps. Right, like just those... the Halloween when he shows up all bloody. Yeah. It's Halloween today? Oh, thank God. <laughs> Incredibly lucky. <laughs> yeah. When he gets picked up on the side of the road, he's hitchhiking. And sorry, guys, playing a little hooky from work. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's got the hat with the little suit on, too. Let Creed be do the analytics or something like that. Like Kevin's not smart enough to see what Creed really is or something like that. Creed, do you want to run my numbers? Creed's one of his uh, loyal customers that keeps. I was going to say, yeah, bookie. that's what I was thinking. Is he? He's a Creed makes the. He's a barfly. He's always in there. Creed makes the fake IDs for the kids and never, never recognizes Kevin. Right, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. There's somewhere. Hey, how's it going, kids? You're the best, Creed. <laughs> you think that, uh, like, um, Kevin it gets a little bit more of a backbone as a boss or a bar owner, or do you think all of his employees shit on him? He get well in the show. He seems like he has more of a back. Like when he takes over the bar, he the brief scene of him because the only scene is really him and Dwight kind of making up and. Kevin thought Dwight fired him because he didn't like Kevin, not because Kevin was bad at his job. Yeah. When Dwight explains it, Kevin's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, they make it seem like Kevin was, this is a better job for Kevin and he's actually good at this job yeah. rather than being like an idiot. Gotcha. <clears throat> this is someone we would definitely need like a love angle on. We need him to like meet someone who's good for him. Um, it would be too easy to... I mean, the Creed thing would be perfect. Maybe Oscar. And that's it from The Office. Uh, I, th I think a pairing of Oscar and him would be good. Os Oscar's a good character. Yeah. I love he's Oscar. A, he's underappreciated, I think. But he's good. His fucking dance moves when Daryl's leaving. <laughs> that's, what I, that's the one thing I do love about The Office. Like, the subtleties of all the different characters. <laughs> yeah. Are, it's just enough. You don't get oversaturated with anybody yeah. except for Michael Scott. I think like Michael Dwight and then Jim and Pam. I think are the four. Like I'm glad they're all making. I, I maybe it's not as much as Friends, but it's considering how unbelievably popular that show is and how much it is in syndication uh, in a number of networks, even on cable TV. Still, it's on TBS. It's on Adult Swim, um, and then Netflix has it. Everyone has it. Everyone wants that DVD sales. I'm sure because the reason I bring up Friends is all six cast members of Friends get $20 million a year from syndication. Wow. Alone. $20 million a year from... That's, that's, that's Matthew, Perry, Matthew Perry money. Yeah. yeah. It's that wow. David Schwimmer money. That's, that's the term they use in Master of None. That Aziz is trying to get that David Schwimmer money. Or he's, yeah. It's David Schwimmer and Matthew Perry money. They have to be getting something close. Their alumni have done pretty well, too. I mean, obviously, Steve Carell is... Huge, yeah. but the best of right. I mean, has the best. Uh, what's his face? John Krasinski. John Krasinski's not, having, not, not far behind. behind. Right. Well, uh, I think yeah. it's a totally different lane. I mean, maybe in terms of success and like yeah. the money he's getting, maybe it's close. But I think in terms of like stardom, Steve Carell's pretty. I, yeah. I, I'll agree with you there. Uh, he's there. Uh, they're definitely he's tier one. Tier two would be him. 
would be uh, John Krasinski. Uh, his, his directorial debut of uh, uh, The Quiet Place, fantastic. Yeah. Well, and so it, his great. wife is, I mean. My I wife know. is not the issue. Sorry, <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> Emily Blunt is, Ugh, I mean, God, I she Emily is, Blunt. in my perspective, more way more successful than John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's definitely having his own come up, too. Emily Blunt's top five. Dwight Dwight's had his little times. He had that show Backstrom. It was this quirky yeah. like uh, detective uh, detective or that didn't go off. I didn't look. The, I never saw an episode, but the the previews that I saw did not look funny to me. Yeah. His bit parts though, like in Super. Yeah, I was just gonna talk oh, about wait, Super. No, no, no. He's not that, a bit part in that. No, his, that's that's his I was thinking thing. his bit part in Juno. Same same actor and actresses at the very start where when uh, Emma. What's the main? Ellen cre- Page. Ellen Page goes in to get the the um, the pregnancy test, and she keeps shaking it. He's like the clerk. He's like, "That's one mistake you're not gonna be able to shake out, little girl." Jesus, oh, like I don't remember that. that. Yeah. So there's that, and then they, uh, yeah, they're. If you haven't seen Super, that is a very good underrated dark comedy. Do you guys know that Angela originally uh, auditioned for Pam? Yeah, I knew that. Do you guys know that Seth Rogen auditioned for Michael? No, yeah. I didn't know that one. Seth Rogen? He would have been young, wouldn't he have? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The pictures are weird. I bet. I'm glad he didn't get it. I don't think I could picture anybody else's uh, Oh, yeah. I'm, this Michael is, Scott. This is, I, I use this term every once in a while. It's one of those roles that... You see a behavior in someone, like, oh, that is a Michael Scott thing yeah. to do. That's that's definitely, and that's how you know a character has hit a transcendence. It's written so well, and it's acted so beautifully. There, there are very few characters like a Michael Scott. The other one that gets me is, obviously, Steve Carell. We all know him. He's a huge star. We know like him in multiple things. I never see Steve Carell watching The Office, ever, ever. Yeah. I only it's see Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. Absolutely. Which is weird to me because it's it's not like a smaller actor that, you know, you've seen him every once in a while and face it's someone that his face is everywhere and yeah. you've seen him multiple right. times. And still you don't see him, you see Michael Scott. Right. Yeah. Um Yeah, to get back on track a little bit, so it's definitely put Steve Carell tier one, John Krasinski tier two, and then I'd say tier three would be your Rain Wilson, uh uh Craig Robinson. Up there, and then oh. I'll, put, I'll put Pam. Also, what's his face? Ed Helms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Ed yeah. Helms I'll put him probably number two. Yeah, yeah put him back in Krasinski. tier two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After those three tiers, then you got your Stanley, your Phyllis, your Kevin, Oscar. So I've seen Oscar in one thing, and it's those State Farm commercials. I've seen so Leslie David Baker who plays Stanley. Do you guys remember Rebecca? Do you guys remember? Does the name Rebecca Black mean anything to you guys? I no yeah, isn't that the chick that sang Friday? Yes, yeah. So she sang Friday because it was this this company that like okay you want to spend ex you want to spend a couple thousand dollars we'll give you production we'll make you uh, like we're gonna try and make you a star. They made Rebecca Black and they made Friday. Leslie David Baker did the same thing and made and made a song. It's the same video quality type shit. Not very good. You have to use it, really. It's it's a weird. It's a we, It's really weird. Interesting. Yeah, the whole it's 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 him doing a solo singing, thing, and it's a serious thing, and it's a, like the music video is him like getting caught 
sleeping on his wife, like, with another girl. So Stanley. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah it's, it is weird. Other than that, I've seen Phyllis in one other, other thing. She had, like, a side character bit part in that series, The OA. Angela hasn't done shit. Creed hasn't done shit. Like, they're all really... Post-office, they haven't really done anything. But I think with their money, they don't have to do shit for the rest of their lives. Which is awesome. Good for them. Huh? Yeah. Kevin Malone spinoff. Yeah. Kevin Malone spinoff. <laughs> That's my number four. Skip and Sabrina, because she stole my That's number five. Crap. My number well, I four. I just think higher of Les Grossman than you do, so... Maybe I got a better list up above. We'll We'll see then. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is from one of my favorite movies. And most people, they want to see Jesus Quintana. Ah. But I don't. I want to see a Donnie spinoff. Ah. I want to see a Donnie prequel. Let's see Donnie. Because we get a lot of Donnie, but we don't really get Donnie at all. That's fucking interesting, man. I like what you did there. And so I think it would be interesting to see Donnie's everyday life. What does Donnie have going on? Because I think it could be so fun. The way they set up his character, who's this kind of passive, like, just in the background, I am the walrus. Yeah. I am the walrus. Like, I want to see that broken out into a full movie. Like, what happens when he goes home from the bowling alley? Does he live alone? Does he Does he have a wife and family? I imagine, like, he lives with his mom or his sister or something. Like... I imagined a lonely life. Yeah. Like, not even mom and sister. Just live by, by himself. himself in a one or two bedroom apartment. It's always dark. There's not a lot of furniture in that. It's like one TV and a chair. Yeah. I, like, immediately started imagining just a very, like, not hijinksy at all, like the Lebowski. Very calm. Very, like... It would have to be the... Very dry parts of the Lebowski. Like, I'd want the Coen brothers to do it. It'd have to be that very dry, almost like a mix of Big Lebowski and No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Like, those two tones put together. And just, I don't know what it would be. But I want more of Donnie. I want to know his story. I want to know... He's a surfer. I have, right. I have an From idea. the shores of Rio Carrillo. Right. <laughs> down to Pismo. I have an idea. Donnie's a front. He's doing that dumb shit on purpose. It's almost like a Kaiser Soze. When he gets alone, he is the dude from Fargo. I'm just gonna say, oh the guy my from god, Fargo. yeah, that's just that is the backstory of Donnie. Yeah, it's yeah. just Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Donnie, you're out of your element, dude. The Chinaman is not the issue here. Um, I think it'd be very interesting and yeah. I think it could go a lot of like I think there's the character is so defined yet so open ended is Donnie like do you think Donnie is kind of like this like not necessarily bumbling idiot but just sweet simpleton or is he a savant of some sort where he's actually super talented he's like a fucking excellent bowler he's actually really good Everything he does. He always gets strikes. They always open with die, except the foreshadowing when he dies. He gets a spare. But yeah, I I would... A quiet savant would be more... He, I don't think Donnie's a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Like, I think he's just a like happy-go-lucky. Doesn't really come into like, the I am the walrus thing. Obviously, it's not 
But he just, I'm the walrus. Yeah. I'm the walrus. He's just putting in his two cents. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking shut the fuck up, Donnie. Or maybe, or maybe I why don't you bowl on Saturdays, Walter? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he's like, um, he's a savant in something really like he's a really good account, like money mover. Yo. So he's got money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just doesn't spend it. He lives yeah. a simple life, but he's like big people's like, oh, he'd be talking about an idea. Here we go. Donnie lives that simple life and is very simple, likes his stuff simple. But he's got a shit ton of money because he's a money mover for, like, mob and mafia people. Oh. But he's so good at it because he's so quiet and unassuming. And, and Yeah, and, and the dude and Walter never, ever, like, are interested in asking him, no. like, about what he does. Like, they're too they fucking consumed. They just assume he's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just their friends. It's just years he's of him being, like, a bar fly, like, another bowler. Yep. Right. That's all they need. But really, he's tapped in, and that's his savant. Is like his brain is really there with all that moving and all the inner workings of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me one like wink to the audience. Like one of his like partners that he works with is uh, Jackie Treehorn. Ben Affleck from The Accountant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same thing. I could see that. See, I'll, I'll, I'd watch that movie. I yeah. think it'd be very interesting. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely the money mover for Jackie Treehorn. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right. And it's like a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A dark, like, very dry comedy. Yeah. Your wife owes money to, at Jackie Treehorn, and that means <laughs> you owe money at Jackie Treehorn. I love it. Dude, today's already the 10th. Yeah. Far out, man. Far out, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other twist, is uh, what's money is his muscle. <laughs> <laughs> but he does it in a lyrical dance yeah. way. <laughs> He just, he's not your typical fucking muscle where he beats people up. You owe Jackie Treehorn 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, Donnie spinoff. I like it. Me. I would definitely, I mean, we're all big fans of the Big Lebowski. Even Grandpa loves the Big Lebowski. Did, did you guys ever see the mashup of, um, it was called the Big Lebowski? Monsters Inc. Yeah, no, no, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. It was so good. It was just, it was just. They they took a bunch of they they made a movie. They made a story out of Monsters Inc. clips with all the audio from the Big Lebowski. I'm gonna have to watch this later. And it was just just little things. There there is when Wazowski's talking with uh, uh is it Renee Zellweger or or who's your t- who's your oh pop- Jennifer Tilly yeah is that the yeah, snake lady Tilly. yeah. Googly bear, you yeah, not make yeah. any sense. He's like talking and he does like a his mouth open and he's like doing something on the desk like and it's and it's fucking I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. The best one though is like remember at the very start when it's it's the they're doing the exercise of trying to like scare the kids? Uh-huh. And it's the, the like the robot kid wakes up and he just does the shifty eyes looking around, and it, you just you hear fucking uh, you ready to be fucked, man? <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God! Oh, I can't wait to watch this now. It's so fucking good. Um, I and, and if you're listening out there, uh, Google the Big Wazowski. It's I the, love humans for shit like yeah. that. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Very number good. four, Donnie. Yeah. All right. Now we're quickly moving on to number three. Yeah. Derek. Um, 
I'm glad that we didn't go in on this last night because uh, we were talking about this and, and, and Grandpa had asked us what our favorite uh, Tarantino movie was. And he said Reservoir Dogs. And that's where my number three is coming from. I want um, Michael Madsen from Reservoir Dogs. That's the guy that, uh, the crazy one, that cuts the cop's ear off and yeah. is about to burn him. And is doing that dance to Steeler's Wheel. I need more of that. I need more of that just despicable, crazy. If you guys know what I'm talking about at home, that's a hard one. Do you guys remember this at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but. You know that famous scene when he's like, yeah, 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 where he's cop, dancing around. Yeah, ties yeah, the yeah. cop up, about to burn him. Stuck in the middle of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Please don't burn me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Michael Madsen. He's one of um, the, like, common thread characters in uh, all these Tarantino movies. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he plays really good at that, you know, weird dirtbaggy, you um, know. I think that is a... Uh, um... I want to say one of the connections is his last name is Vega. And he's one, I, th- I think he is a brother to John Travolta. And, Vic Vega. Yeah, he's a brother to John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. He's also one of the guys at the very end with Quentin Tarantino and Django. Oh. When Quentin Tarantino and those three, two other guys yeah. really? come in. Yeah, he's one, one of them. Um... But for the longest time, I think everyone wanted Tarantino was like, I really wanted this movie to get off the ground, but it just got, time got too far ahead of us and people got too old. He was gonna have a standalone movie with those characters. The Vega Brothers was gonna we're gonna, oh, gonna interesting. Be a movie. Oh. So John Travolta's character, you know, you don't you don't fuck with another man's automobile. <laughs> I would almost allow it to happen if I could caught the the, the bastard in the process. Things that were, there, there's deleted scenes of the uh, someone vandalizing his car, and it's Bruce Willis. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's there's a scene, there's an extended scene when we first meet Bruce Willis. It's just Marcellus Wallace talking to him. Mm-hmm. He's talking to him about pride and shit. And there's a scene before that that they cut of them walking in to the bar, and Bruce Willis and, and Vincent are just fucking like fucking problem, just like looking back and forth at each other like. Fuck you looking at him. Um, and then he goes out and fucks with the car. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... He was in Kill Bill, too. That's... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, one, he's on the hit squad. He's the one guy yeah. on the hit squad. Yeah. Yeah. Bill's like, hey, brother. Filet, you hawked a Tori Hanzo sword. Hey, Filet. Yeah. That's what I love. I love that role on Kill Bill. Yeah. I like actors... Or not actors, directors and writers like Tarantino that have an intertwined universe. Totally, yeah. That maybe doesn't come up in every movie, but there's pieces of. There's it. little hints yeah. here and there. Uh, just like the theme that we're talking about, I, I want uh, uh, an origin story. I want it. why is he so crazy? Yeah. Um, that's because that's such an evil scene when he's putting gasoline on the cop. And dancing to that song and cutting that ear off. Yeah. You know, I want more of that. I want to know why. How'd he get to dancing yeah. and burning the cop? All right. Yikes. This dude's been in a lot. So many in movies. A lot. Were you looking yeah. at that? Yeah. I almost brought that up too. Yeah. He's been in so much. Oh my God. Yeah. 
he's got a huge catalog of movies. The guy's worked worked so much. He has 294 credits as Holy an actor. Holy shit. Oh my Almost god. 300 movies. He's got Thirteen movies right now that aren't out yet that are coming out. Wow. Good for him. Gosh, Holy moly. That's wild. Good for him. Yeah. Good for you, Mr. Mr. Madsen. Michael Madsen. Anyway, yeah. Number Keep three. Yeah. That's Reservoir Dog. Yeah. We don't know a shit ton about his character. Um, so I, like, I want to know more. Yeah. I, that's kind of like the Donnie type. I like characters like that where it's you have enough to where you can piece together who this person kind of is, but you don't really know about their life. Right. Maybe, maybe he's a, a police interrogator or an interrogator for the mob. Uh, it does everything normal, but something just clicks. And then that's all he does now is he just maybe, starts fucking torturing people. Maybe he was, I don't know when this was set reservoir dogs, but early nineties. I think maybe he was an interrogator in Vietnam or something yeah. and that made him snap. Ooh. Yeah. Dee Dee Mount. Mount. Oh my god. Nice. Brina, number three. My number three is it's based around one character, but it's more of a like a combination of characters. And I don't know. I feel like we maybe have talked about this before, but I want it to be the focus on the receptionist from Beetlejuice and that whole setting. Like kind of an the office DMV setting. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like this dark death underground world and how their life works like everyday job setting but it's her as the main character and just dealing with the fucking dead assholes in the waiting room and her co-workers i read something the other day um that made sense everyone in there is a representation of how they died except for gina davis and alec baldwin they're just normal people they should be blue and bloated or crushed. Yeah. They're just normal people. That's everyone, true. Everyone's smashed or they have cuts on their wrists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obvious or, how they yeah, died. Yeah. Coach, I don't think we, we survived. Yeah. The accident. Well, there's not obvious. The football players. Was it a car accident for them? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They're just regular. Right. Would Beetlejuice be heavily involved or would he just pop in and out every once in a while? He would be like a side note. Yeah. You yeah. know, not even because they don't even want to deal with him. Yeah. This, yeah. Was, this was one of our fictional companies that we, uh, yeah, that yeah, came yeah. Up we wanted to work with. So I'm picturing like he's a side character and like comes in and everyone's hey, what's up? Oh, I fucking hate this dude. Uh, right. Like he might be the, like. He's the packer of the office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. What's up, Beetlejuice Halper? comes in, so queer. takes a shit in Juno's office. Yeah. Get that package I left for you, right? Anybody see a package? Uh, yeah. Shh, don't say his name. I would love to see like the inner workings of that office. Just that office, or like the whole dead community type? No, I want it to be specific to that office. Okay. I feel like it would be just. I think it would be really funny, like those dynamics. In how weird it is, in how it's all set up, like the fucking guy on the, you know, like, what is that called? Like, he's basically on a zip line. Yeah. But he's fucking flat and smashed. Like, who controls that? 
does he have a button or is somebody is this somebody's job to run him around <laughs> shot in the office style right <laughs> uh, yeah professions uh, yeah and stuff the love triangles right yeah 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 because. so yeah so it's basically the dead pam beasley she would be the star of the show and i think it would be hilarious to watch uh, I'd, I'd watch it never knew i needed that yeah. right office version of the beetlejuice dead bmv right 100 percent. yeah i would love that 100 percent. i love everything one. i mean obviously i'm a big beetlejuice fan but the, like the the tone like the visual tone of that i love all the colors and how dark it is and how creepy it's like that whole like what we do in the shadows and how they made a yeah a show off of it kind of same idea which side note what we do in the shadows is hilarious i, I haven't seen the tv show yet because on Hulu you have to have the live tv prescript or subscription but we need I a certain wait. cbs subscription to watch the twilight zone the new one that's just hog shit that is oh i saw that yeah it's dumb and stupid dmv dead dmv yeah dead beetlejuice dmv yeah i love it i want to see it my number three we're taking it kind of way back again to an old older movie but i would love a somewhat origin story surrounding inigo montoya and fezzik from the princess bride is which is is fezzik andre the giant correct i mean it couldn't happen because obviously he's dead and I wouldn't want someone else to play Fezzik. But Inigo Montoya is the Fezzik's little pirate helper guy who... The table's getting set for breakfast. Who is searching for the five-fingered man that killed his family. And I just think that adventure of when his family gets killed... Six-fingered man. Yes, correct. Sorry. Uh, from when his family gets killed to... Um, to when he meets uh, Prince Humperdinck or whatever his name is. Carrie. Yeah. Elvis. Like, Elvis. I want to know those adventures in right. between there. How'd they meet up with uh, the inconceivable guy? Right. How, like, what What was the search for his, the killer early in this? Like, how many people has he killed searching for this dude? It, it, it would be something like, that would be his mission, and the inconceivable guy is like, oh, put that on the back burner. Yeah, doing exactly. something else right now, and then, but that's his total motivation. Yeah, he starts as, I'm thinking, as like a young teenager going out searching for those people, somehow meets Fezzik, like in a bar, they team up, now they're a team, and then they meet this inconceivable pirate guy, and kind of take a back burner on searching for the dude while also being a pirate a little bit. I think it'd be a good show. So I have not seen The Princess Bride. Get out. Yeah. Get out now. <laughs> Just waiting uh, for I, a moment. How, how did you go through like elementary school and middle school without seeing that? That was like, I saw that movie 40 times in school alone. I feel like you should be able to agree with me on this, but we were not a Monty Python house growing up. Yeah. We were not. That was. Is that Monty Python? Pretty sure, isn't it? Be, I don't think that so. Would no, be news to me. same kind of. I think it's kind of no. That would be news to me if it was Monty Python. Okay, well, whatever. That to me, like, that's the same kind of, like, same boat. It's. I think he very much enjoy this movie. This movie it's is a fantastic. really popular movie. I just have never seen it. Want me to make 
Hey, ready? Almost. Let's yeah. finish this little segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good one, though. I, yeah, I think it'd be fan. It's one of my favorite older movies. It's one of those ones that whenever it's on, I could just kind of, oh, I'll watch this. Um, yeah, it's it's something like when you're flipping channels, yeah, you see it. You're home. You're home at school sick. It's not really funny at all, but it is a little funny. Like it's not one of those ones where you're gonna be laughing out loud. But there are times where you're like, oh, that was nice. It's got a little action in there. Yeah, you know, it's got a love story. It's a, it's a definitely a cult film for sure. It's got a huge following. So many people love. And Fred Savage was in it. Oh, Dad Savage. But yeah, give me Fezzik and Inigo Montoya on their favorite little adventures. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz's favorite movie? Yep. Well, that's why I haven't watched it. <laughs> that's a fun fact, Grandpa knows. Robin Wright, look at you. You still look good. Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, that's who I was thinking of. Not Monty Python. Robin Wright grew up in San Diego, California. Perfect. Take a little break. Pause for breakfast. Sure, yeah. Pause for breakfast. Inigo Montoya, Fezzik. That's a good one. Give them a spinoff. They have they're, they're like almost a buddy, com- not comedy, but like a buddy traveling around. I'm going to have to just sit down and watch that movie. You should. I think you'd enjoy it. I don't think it'd be tough for you to watch. Yeah. But yeah, do it. I think it's on Netflix. Oh. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Derek, number two. My number two is one of my favorite characters out of anything of all time, and that is uh, Matthew Mara. Cricket from Always Sunny. (laughs) I saw this on one list. I think it was on Reddit. (laughs) It's pretty good. So explain who Cricket is in Always Sunny. Cricket is... uh, a reoccurring uh, side character in our city in Philadelphia. It's someone who he, he is a priest in the earlier episodes. The gang gets a hold of him, fucks his life up. Every episode he is in, because he's, he's not an everyday character, he's once or twice a season. They keep fucking with him one way or another, keep ruining his life. And aren't they very nonchalant about it? Yeah. Like, yeah. They don't. They don't. He's not even like a. He takes concern. off his hood, and his whole side of his face is burnt. Oh, what the fuck is that? Oh my god! This, <laughs> you did this to me. This happened when I was trapping your brain. Ooh, someone roller right outside. Never seen that in my life. Someone just got pulled over. I heard Grandpa. Let's kill him. Police uh, action outside. Yeah. Grandpa's house. Um. Yeah, we live in a town of forty-eight people right now. <clears throat> Yeah, and they're trapped in my burning apartment. We would never invite you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah. Why would we ever invite you over? And it's just, it's a little slap to the face of him because they are responsible for the deterioration of his life. The deterioration of credit, Cricket is one of my favorite running jokes I've ever seen in my life. Just every time he's introduced, like the, uh, when he's the Dallas Buyers Club, Matthew McConaughey on stage doing a magic mic shit. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's, y'all ready to have fun? And then he turns around and he's just fucked up grill. And, and What kind of a movie would you right, want to see? Right. I mean, I don't even know if it would be a movie. It would be a TV show of 
Yeah, are you going prequel, pre-meeting them, or are you going no, like it's, right it's just in the gotta middle? be yeah, it's gotta be the times in between. Yeah, of cricket, his perspective, cricket on the streets. Because I mean, the show wouldn't be funny as him as a straight laced priest. Yeah, well, yeah, like the spaces in between him showing up and always sunny. That's what fills his show. Yeah, like when he's the the whole crack episode when he's selling crack and he comes back with <laughs> sold gave all the money for those two trash cans. That were yeah, like the musical uh, instrument. Yeah, uh, yeah, him trying to sell his his uh, his musical about uh, an archangel on the streets fighting crime. <laughs> Pondy comes in every once in a while. Yeah. Frank comes in every once in a while. Right, and then him just you know, either fighting off getting raped by dogs. Yeah, the other day his dog came up to me. I guess my cut looks very much like a dog vagina. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that cut, the whole conversation of him, like, yeah, I can fake it. You know how many times I fake out here on the streets? It's one of the fake that gets the worst. <laughs> no one's putting anything in your asshole. No one is going into your asshole. <laughs> Good. That one let him. That's a without a sixer. <laughs> That's such a good show. Maybe, I would I would watch a cricket show. Maybe, maybe he's still a priest on the street. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Or he's trying to get back into the priest. He's a street priest. Yeah, giving masks to homeless people in a back alley. Grimy street priest. Yeah, there we go. That's a good that's a one. concept. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I would want from him exactly. I just know that I love everything about that. His character is so good for me. And the deterioration, like you spoke to, the deterioration is fantastic. His outward appearance appearance matches the deterioration of his life as the show goes on. Yeah, That's one of the worst things. Uh, I talked about this with other Always Sunny fans, and the question was, what's the worst thing each character has done? And that's that's the worst thing that Charlie's ever done to someone is when he takes D's finger, dips it in the cocaine, and puts it in his mouth to get him back on the street to go sell drugs for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that. And he does that laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're working together now. No, I gotta, gotta take, take a cut. cut. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah. So like the worst thing that D's ever done was you know fake help the you know the the male dancer yeah and get him to you know dry fuck his own daughter's face um yeah so those things i don't know craig at number two that's you know obviously i haven't well thought it out yet but it would be the the times in between he's with the gang on the street being crooked i want more of that i need more of that that's my number two very nice all right, my number two, it's kind of like a compilation of characters, but they're all like the same type of side role. But I want a, a movie about like the competitive competitiveness of all of the sports commentators in all of the funny sports movies. So like the... Jason Bateman and the other guy that dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the sports commentators for the mm-hmm. Ocho, and then um, semi pro, 
those commentators just like a almost like a anchor man you know like the kind of like rivalry yeah, yeah. in that job profession how funny is because when you when you said the semi-pro people my head went to the fight in uh anchorman right with all the people yeah 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 almost yeah so and you could even throw in like the you know um who's the freaking guy that will something that does the the commentator for best in show that very dry kind of yeah you know what i mean like all the different kinds of personalities Mm -hmm. i feel like that would be such a funny movie i mean throw in the freaking um uh happy gilmore guy what style of movie because to me i initially think of like that best in show mascots of like you get these little expo- exposés of the right, individuals. Right, like kind of a mockumentary. And then they all come together. Right. Yeah. 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 I would love that. That would be good. Uh, having them go to like a convention or something for like sports broadcasters and they all meet and they just have these little rivalries. Totally. One of them, uh, Jason Bateman from the Ocho fucked one of the dude's wives yes. from something else. Or he's always like he's notorious for fucking people at the yeah. at the conference. Like you know, like what's he's a, getting this? ready to. Just hey, him. what's up? It's good seeing you here. Is his name Pepper? No. Yeah. Okay, so this is funny. The uh, Cotton McKnight and Pepper Brooks are the Ocho, and then Semi Pro, Lou Redwood and Dick Pepperfield. <laughs> Pepper is a common name in the in the, in the uh, sports commentary. World. I would yeah. want uh, the announcer from Major League in there. Yeah. He he's an actual he's, I think that's Vince Scully. Or maybe it's not Vince Scully, but that that's a real uh announcer in the major league somewhere. Yeah. Throw in an actual like famous announcers from the real world. Right. Who just yeah, yeah, yeah. look at all these fucking hacks. Yeah. Right. Give Pep- me yeah, Bob Costas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Scott Van Pelt's there. Yeah, yes. Exactly. You guys are such amateurs. Right. That would be so good. And so there's Don't like, touch me. like an obvious upper echelon of sports commentary. Give me Chris Berman and then like just have him be the same he is because he was that for uh, Long Shark. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's so good. That'd be great. Right? It's a good idea. Yeah. I want to see that in just those fucking, because his personalities are so like, they're they're weird and so unique in their like just in their own little world Mm -hmm. it's so funny i would love to see that i feel like that could be a gold mine of of jokes yeah especially i mean we all love you know those funny sports movies that are you know it's like satire or whatever Mm -hmm. but you know take that into a totally different direction right right yeah, I, I can only picture now, like, the mascots, best in show, uh, what's the wind one? Uh, the other movie that they got. Anyway, I just, that's all I can picture now, is, like, the little exposés of the Ocho, and then you move to these guys, and then you move to these guys, and then it's all of them coming together for this convention. Totally. I would love to see, like, the montage of all of them, like, getting ready to go to this convention. Like, yeah. they're all, you know, like whatever you know respective sport that they commentate on yeah <laughs> like they're you know just fanatics of it so they got golf freaks you yeah. got dodgeball <laughs> talking shit about the other sports right right just, oh, i would love that that would be good yeah i would love that give me that movie all day long give me that give me that give me that no 
My number two comes from a little movie called Pineapple Express, and I want to see Red. Nice. I want to see Red's before he initially meets up with all of the... That's Danny McBride, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before they get into the hole where he meets up with them. I want to see Red on his own, working with, uh, what's his face? Um, Ted? Yeah. Ted Jones. And just his whole his whole career of becoming a drug dealer, taking care of his cat. How yeah, did, how did he get herpes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where the fuck did the kimono come yeah. from? Yeah, <laughs> James Franco comes in every once in a while. I I think it would be good. Danny McBride is such a funny dude, and that character. There's he's a drug dealer who obviously is into some like. I'm sure, we all know at least one drug dealer, someone that sold you weed once, you know. I don't think we know a lot of drug dealers that like deal with killing people very often. I mean, we may not, not, not that know I know it, of, right? Yeah. Um, but I just think his character of he deals with these people that are literally like they're taking out the competition and whatnot. But he's such a hat like a nice guy and like oh yeah, come on, remember we came out, you came over, I had you over at my house for dinner, fish tacos, yeah, <laughs> fish tacos, yeah. Yeah. like his whole dealings with Matheson and all of them, I think it'd be hilarious. That's it. They're not his. Uh... Yeah, his immediate circle of friends and just his life in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funky. Like, he's got this Jerry Curl mullet and lives in a house that's like, it looks like it was given to him by his grandma. Right. He's got yeah. a fish tank in there. Yeah. Bouncing a ball, trying to get a motherfucking scholarship. This ends now. Yeah. And he's so, like, specific, mm-hmm. like, in the little things that he likes and does. Yeah. I think it'd be hilarious. That would oh, be a good one. Good. Yeah, I love Danny McBride. Do you think that he's been like? Do you think he's been typecasted as far as his roles, or do you think his roles have been diverse? I can't really figure out if I think like he just does the same role all the time. Like, you know, Kenny Powers constantly. There's not. Or a, it's, it's. I haven't got sick of him yet, but there's not a lot of range. Right. Because I love that his red work, character, yeah. and he's not like he's not an asshole like Kenny Powers, but I do have a hard time like not seeing Kenny Powers yeah. in him. I also feel like a lot of that because they, I agree that they it's not a crazy difference between Kenny Powers and Red and all his other even the dude from Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I love shit that up. role. I also feel like his look plays into that a little bit. Totally, because his look is that same look of that Jerry Curl yep. mullet thing. That's kind of dirtbaggy, but not really. And here, here's what I want. And granted, this is your number two, but I think that's a perfect juxtaposition to Kevin Malone's character. Yeah, I want them to be brothers. Oh, <laughs> that would be pretty good. Wow, that would be good. I Red's want... a drug dealer, and Kevin's Kevin just trying to run the bar. bar. Yeah. Kevin's trying to be straight. What's yeah. his face? Bought him the bar when he got fired. Yeah. Danny McBride bought him the bar with his drug money when he got fired. Ugh. So Kevin he's always got that over his head that I gave you yeah. this with this fucking drug money, but Kevin doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Kevin's terrible at accounting, so he always has to get more money from Danny McBride. Because yeah. <laughs> he can never keep the books straight. So fucking bad at accounting, Kevin. Hey. Yeah. Oh my God. Kevin's soup of the day is always chili. Yeah. Always chili. <laughs> he just smells it differently each day. <laughs> smells it like the country one day. Child. 
<laughs> it smells it like it's cold outside. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Soup of the day chili. C H I L Y. That's good. I'd see that. Let's combine those. Yeah. Damn, that that would be a perfect like He's just trying to have a straight-laced life, and Danny McBride keeps fucking it up for him. And on the other side, Kevin's the only reason Danny's not full, like, fledged insane. Like, he's, uh, I can't really go that hard. No, I can't fly to Mexico right now and go shoot out of, you know, a yeah. town with you. I you have to take care of my brother. Or, like, no, I gotta do this with him. And, you know. He being red would run like an insurance fucking policy for him. Like he has to pay him money every single fucking week. Like, like the mob. Like I'm gonna protect your bar, even though it's my bar. Give me a cut of your fucking shares. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. Danny McBride and Kevin Malone were mine. Number two now. Okay. Um, Adding Derek to mine. Yeah. The my whole theme right now has pretty much just been origin stories. And I want an origin story for Anton Chigurh. Ooh. This would have never popped into my head. Yeah, what ma- what makes him tick? What makes so him so weird? Is. If you're trapped under a fucking rock. <laughs> I love that. This I is know. a new little catchphrase. Anton Chigurh is the villain from No Country from Old Man. A guy with possibly the worst haircut on the planet who kills people. Short and long places yeah. and long and short places. Just, just the growth. It's like, it's like, that's a 12-year-old fat girl's haircut. That's a pretty know. good. I would agree with you. I feel bad for twelve year old fat girls now. Well, well don't get that out. haircut. Yeah. Don't cattle prod people with things. <sighs> Telling people to call it and shit. If a twelve year old girl in the lunch line came over here and told me to call it, I'd probably fucking cattle prod her around the head. Don't put it in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, he's a villain from No Country for Omen, who has the uh, it's. A CO2 canister of whatever. It's it's designed to kill cattle, cattle in a humane human. way. But he's using it on human beings. Javier Bardem plays, right? Yeah, just so damn good. He's one of the creepiest villains ever. He's fantastic. He was, yeah. for our longtime listeners, he was one of uh, my top five villains. Yeah, great villain. But yeah, like uh, Derek was saying, he's got this weapon that's basically it's a co2 canister hooked up to uh a little rod inside a mechanism that when you hit when you hit the button this rod comes out and goes into the cattle brain that's what he uses to kill people he's hired he's the hitman for something like uh the mob needs their money back and he's getting that so i i want to see what is what makes the coin flip? So, like, he does he lose his wife and his family to a coin flip? Right. Why something? does the coin flip yeah. become the central part of his I want, that. His I want more backstory from that. What was his training? Because obviously he's he's a very calculated and he's good at it. He's good at killing people. Like the whole when he's got his silent shotgun coming after uh, Josh Brolin mm. in the hotel. And they're on the street and he's taking shots at him. He doesn't know where he's from. Obviously he has some type of training. He that grew he, up on a farm. Yeah. But... With farm, equip- with farm equipment. In that's this where movie, he gets- he that's- oh, <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were throwing out facts of like to add to it. I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, like a farm in Mexico. Right. His family gets killed by the cartel, but they take in the kid. There you go. 
So he's got agriculture background, and he also has cartel background. He's his family's killed by one cartel assassin, and the assassin can't kill the kid, so he takes him with him, makes him his little uh, uh, apprentice. Ooh, it's the professional. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. except a little dirtier, creepier. Yeah, <laughs> call it Ferndo. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I'd watch that's a, the shit that's out a, of that. That's a good character. Watch the shit it's out so of that. Creepy. Watch the shit out of that. They could they they could easily make. They wouldn't have to make a standalone. It, it would be like another movie. Yeah, and, just and I was just, I was just thinking that like it doesn't even have to be his character Anton Chigurh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like necessarily just that character. You know, in a different setting. I still kind of want to be Anton Chigurh. Yeah. But yeah, who that would be good. That'd be really good. Absolutely, that's my number one. Very good. One more of that. My number one is I want a standalone movie with Lester Bangs from uh, Almost Famous. Do you know who that is? Have you seen yeah, Almost Famous? To, yeah, okay. but I mean, I haven't. Seen, I don't know it enough to. Lester pull up Bangs Philip is Philip Seymour Hoffman's oh, okay. character, and he is the like basically the rock critic yeah, of the movie. Yeah. He becomes William Miller's mentor early on. And he kind of lives this lonely life, but he's been a rock critic his whole life and he's famous in his own right. And I would love to see like just his journey through that era. I'll never, yeah, that, that era of music and what it used to be and what it used to mean to people. I'll never get sick of watching that. Right. So it's, I agree 100%. Yeah. He's such a, like you can tell that he is smart, but he's also yeah. insecure too. And you know he going on the road as a rock writer at sixteen years old, like William Miller did, without uh, social media, pretty much being that far away from home, uh, you're a world away. And with with uh, a band that you've probably wanted to cover your whole life. He knows obviously a lot about Stillwater. We're not talking about William, though. We're talking yeah, about... Yeah, I talk about Lester Banks. So yeah. I want to see, like, I, how he got yeah. into his job. Like, obviously, he wasn't 16 when he started. He was probably more of an adult. And so those, you know, he's a male in the profession of a time where, you know, like, there were just raging parties, drug use, you know, hardcore Maybe. with all the rock yeah. and roll and seeing how he, like... What was the first band he wrote about? What article, right. what critic yeah. was the right. one that catapulted him? Right. What got him on the radar of, you know, Maybe he's a the part scene. of the band. Maybe he's a drummer. Yeah. But he's such a funny character, and yeah. I love... I miss Philip Seymour Hoffman so much. Oh, so much. He had so many good movies. And that was such That's a sad. great that character. Was such a sad always signify he died the day the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Also, longtime listeners, was on Gone Too Soon. Philip yeah, Seymour Hoffman. He was. I could see that starting out as like, because I forget who it is. It's one of these, one of the more famous bands. They they met. Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. Maybe it was uh, there's a documentary on uh, music um, manager like from back then that just was everybody had him, and I think he met some of these people just by happenstance, 
that they were at the same hotel and he went out by the pool one day and Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix were out there and he like had weed or something and they went and bought weed from him and that's how he became that's how he got into the music industry and became this massive manager over his career but i could see something like that where he's this writer that's writing about local bands and then one day he's at a bar and right he shows up Mick on Jagger the, the right in. scene yeah. at the right time yeah. yeah and he just has this happenstance meeting totally invites him to a show and then he's springboarded right because back in the day there wasn't you know bodyguards and security and people were just kind of mingling around and, yeah you well, know. we didn't have the celebrity that we have now. We did, but not in at all the same fashion. Right. Yeah. So it was more loose. So yeah. to see, yeah, I would love to see where it started, where he kind of like popped in. Yeah. That would be awesome. I would love that. It's another one. I'd, I would have never thought of this. That's always been one of my favorite characters. Almost Famous is, is definitely up there in my top three movies. Yeah. And... I've seen it a thousand times. I never get tired of it. And that is one of my favorite characters. And he's such a, he's, it's a small role, but he's, he's littered throughout the whole movie because he's the mentor. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. I would love it. Lester Banks. Bang it out. Bang it out. Banks it out. My number one. And uh, I tried to keep these not, real new mover movies but we're going back into the marvel universe because i just i need this i i need more killmonger Ooh. i love that character so goddamn much and i was so disappointed when they like had him killed off at the end of black panther yeah i would love to see when he was a kid seeing his dad get murdered to when we see him in black panther his time in the military yeah. all those kills yes oh, yeah. how that yes. happened yeah would yeah. love to see it. Hey, I agree. Auntie. That's a great character. Yeah. I really, I enjoy Michael B. Jordan a lot, but that character is so good. It was perfect for him. Yes. Yeah. The 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 arrogant confidence, like when he's in the museum, and I he's was like, just oh, what about is that? that up. Yeah. Uh, just what does he say about the mask? Uh, yeah, is that vibranium too? Vibranium too. No, I'm just no. feeling it. Yeah. That's what it is. No, I'm just feeling it. And it's not even like a react. He doesn't even look up. He's just staring at the mask. It's just a casual like. No, I'm just taking this thing. When he is, when he says, "I'll take that," and she's like, "It's not for sale." And Don't worry, like, I'm gonna take off the answer for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "How do you think your answers got ancestors got this?" You know, he's yeah, like yeah. explaining to her that you know confidence of explaining like, "How the hell do you think you got this?" And uh, same vein when he first confronts everybody in Wakanda and he just, he pulls down his thing. He's like, I'm the son of blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Hey, auntie. Yeah. I love that line. I would love, I want it. I want it. Ask me who I am. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Give me a Killmonger in this next round. Give me a Killmonger, like almost like a Venom type mm. where He's, he's kind of a bad guy, but you're kind of cheering for him at the same time. He's I, like an anti-villain type would say, or anti-hero. Uh, this is, out of everyone we've talked about, this is the closest to fruition because he's so fucking popular. I know, I know. And right now, anything that Michael B. Jordan touches right now is probably turning pretty close to gold. They would definitely, if they needed some filler, because right now... Marvel's like, okay, we're done with the Iron Man's, we're done with everything. What can, what else can we push? Fuck yeah, give us Killmonger. Do, yeah, and you could kind of tailor his, again, like the anti-hero, 
I don't, I don't know. I didn't read comics when I was growing up, so I know nothing about his character in the comic world and what his motivations were. Yeah. Besides his what dad getting seen. killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you could make him someone a little bit of not full bad guy and he's got to live, like, in, you know, they go to war times and he's killing a bunch of people, but, like, he saves a group of children. So, you know, he's he's doesn't have, he's not full evil. There's yeah, something yeah, yeah. you can cheer for. Yeah. I would love that. You see that, I don't know if everybody felt this, but I definitely felt that, like, you see him as a human and as that, like, little kid that lost his dad towards the end, you know, like, you see he is so angry and so mad and wants revenge on what he lost, but when he, like, finally loses, he, you know, like, it's stripped all away and you see that, you know, my dad told me about this place and, you know, like... Yeah. All he ever wanted. Why? Can you imagine that? A little kid having that dream. You get the humanized version. Right. And you also, they also set it up a little bit to be a, a bit of a hero when he's like, obviously getting re retaliation for his dad getting murdered is one. But his motivation for taking the throne is we have all this technology. We, all your other brothers and sisters out here are dying. You guys aren't doing shit. Like right. we can take this and help people. It's, it's a very, uh, Magneto Malcolm X role. Yeah. 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 Correct. He, just, yeah. he wants the same thing, but he wants it in a vengeful. He's That's angry a great Correct. comparison. Yeah. 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 That would be, uh, yeah, I want it. I want this movie. This is yeah. my number one. I'm on board with that. Yeah. His character is so badass. That's, those two things that I just, uh, made a correlation from. That's not, uh, that's not a mistake. That's what really was standing because the X Men was for the civil rights movement, and uh, X was supposed to be uh, Martin Luther King, and fucking Magneto was supposed to be Malcolm X. Yeah, neither of them are bad. They want the same thing. Yeah, I was gonna say same thing. It, it's different. The timelines don't match up because he's already dead by the time it happens. But give me a little Jeremy Renner Killmonger cross up in their fucking down in mexico yeah absolutely uh i throw in claw oh yeah oh, ulysses yeah, yeah, claw yeah, yeah i i wanted more of him absolutely he i would take i'd take three killmonger standalone movies give me the third one where ulysses s claw comes in and that's when they first start like oh yeah yeah first one would be him as a kid growing up getting angry second one would be him serving in the military third one would be the the claw yeah the, Yep, Killmonger. I like one. it. It's a and, good and one. It would be he. He never intends to go to Wakanda. He he, he has a plan. I'm just saying in the third movie, he he would never intend to go to. That's never his plan. His plan is to like set up and have a better life or some shit like that. And then he ends up getting fucked, and he has one play left, and that's to go to Wakanda. Yeah, in the, in the military, he he like he has that dream, and then it kind of yeah. fades as he's like killing all these people. And he's like, you know what? I just want. Yeah. And then something happens where it's. I'm back on it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, fucking. or like, yeah, he like rediscovers his dad's journal or Ooh, something like yeah. that, you know, and that reignites the fire. He he learns a little tidbit that he didn't know before, right. and it's fuck it. I'm gonna go time. to Wakanda. Yeah, yeah. squash. It. Show him all these dots I got on me. <laughs> That's a life. Talk to that big lip, dude. <laughs> Can you imagine Killmonger being at the dermatologist, like? Yeah. He's cancer. What is this? <laughs> number one, number two, <laughs> yeah. number one, number two. Can I see number two again? 
Uh, the same. Number three. Number four. Uh, no different. Good one. I like that. I would definitely watch that. I'd watch most of the movies we... I'd be excited for most of the movies yeah. we yeah. came up with today. Absolutely. I hope you guys are excited too, who are listening. What movies do you want to see? Right? You know what standalone movie I'd watch though? What? Larry Weir. Ooh, Ooh a Larry Weir biopic? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, just come up in the music industry? Who would play Larry? Eee. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I was just thinking Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'd love to see that. Larry Chiman. Who would play you? Well, guys... Appreciate you for listening. On Live location. from the Methow Valley. No yeah. fucking nowhere. We're going to go explore some. Maybe, maybe we'll post some Instagram stuff from out here so you yeah. guys can see. For not enough time. We're going to go try and find some bears. Some you know, gold, some, some bears. Yeah. Shoot at some things. Yeah. yeah. Maybe rob a bank. Yeah. It's, basi- it's basically city slickers too up here. <laughs> <laughs> really and on is. that note. <laughs> yeah. Later, nerds. Later. Top that. <laughs> Woo. Top that.